Talk Speedway. Talk Speedway. Hello and welcome to the Talk Speedway podcast. I'm your host Scott Frame, and joining me as usual is my fellow Talk Speedway podcast host. Does that sound better than co-host Graham? That's better. That's, that's better. better. I was better. Getting, I'm starting to feel you a bit like Garth and Wayne's World for anyone that's <laughs> off an age to remember that. Yes, joining me is Graham Munsey, and in this episode. We are going to preview the Premiership season, Graham. Uh, over the next few weeks, we'll be previewing the Championship National League. We'll go into Grand Prix, etc., etc. But tonight, in this episode, we will be looking ahead to a massive, massive season uh, for the Premiership, I would say, Graham, with some of the biggest names in the sport returning. Uh, some kind of older names, some kind of right at the peak of their career, but it's definitely a season we are very much looking forward to. Now, before we go any further, uh, we took a break last week because Graham had uh, took a break to go on holiday um, <laughs> to Tenerife. Uh, have, have we survived? There's no sort of viruses kicking about your household at this time, is no, there? Nothing kicking about whatsoever. I managed to avoid corona completely by just sticking to San Miguel. <laughs> I expected nothing less, my friend. I expected nothing less. Um, as we look ahead to the, the, the Premiership season, Graham, as, as I mentioned in the intro there, it really is it's mouth-watering when we look through some of the teams. Uh, Peterborough announcing their last rider this week in Ulrich Oostergaard. They look a really strong, solid side, very familiar to the, the East England showground. We'll get to them soon, Graham. But when you look through Every single side, they've got the, the big hitters in the league again. And it, to me, it's a very balanced league where you've got sides who are built for strength. You've got sides that are built for the top end. It's going to be mouthwatering all season long. I can't wait for it to get started. I'm, I'm completely the same, Scott. Obviously, we've spoken kind of week on week as these names have been announced. And it's uh, I am really, really just looking forward to it starting now. And it's, it's amazing to think, you know, we always see how long the winter seems. And it only seems like a couple of weeks ago it was, we were doing our Christmas special. And this will drop on Thursday morning, one week before the first uh, Premiership Supporters Club uh, Cup match. Peterborough versus Kings Lynn next Thursday on the 19th. That's Absolutely crazy. crazy. That's crazy. When you mentioned that to me in the, the kind of show plan meeting, so to speak, <laughs> um I couldn't believe that when, when you said it. I, I think I just must be not paying attention to when the fixes <laughs> are. I, I think I'm just getting my head about the Ben Fund and not really thinking can I pass that, but that is, that's crazy to think that. But When you say when you say show plan meeting, Scott, do you mean I was frantically going through our phone books to text every Speedway rider we have to see if any of them would give us 10 minutes? Do you mean that, do you that, mean that is show plan? That sounds about right. But we'll start with Bellevue. We'll go in alphabetical order, Graham. We'll have some sort of structure to this preview show. Um, a few new names in the, the Bellevue side, i.e. Brady Kurtz, Peter Kilderman, and of course British champion Charles Wright, who's pro- who has proven his credentials around the National Speedway Stadium. Uh, mix that in with the experience of Steve Worrell, Dan Bewley around, uh, around the Manchester track. It looks a very strong side on paper. Like most Bellevue teams have been over the last couple of years, I hasten to add. Um, but if there's one name I, I would really look forward to seeing flying around there, it's Peter Killerman. That that could be spectacular all season. Yeah, it's a, it is, it's a team that jumps out to me as well. And not just me. Um, for anyone who likes a wee fodder, obviously Cheltenham week this week, the bookie's favourite, Bellevue, um, really? as well for the season ahead. Yep, um, And it's... You know what, for me, it's a team that they've maybe fallen away in the past a little bit. 
by just how fair the home track is. You know, it's it's yeah. designed like those big post tracks. A lot of teams can go and ride it. I just think this year they've maybe got it right. You know, I think on their day, Dan Edge, Steve War or number one's round there, you know. I, th- I think that's something that the, the promotion's got to combat, really, isn't it? Because so many riders love going to the National Speedway Stadium. You've got yeah. to get riders racing for your team who race it well, but can uh, can ultimately combat that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the... They went for a team exciting riders. Um, as I mentioned, Dan Buell and Steve Warrow are the two sort of mainstays of the last few years. There's a couple other holdovers from last year as well. And for, they seem to have been able to get top-end power good middle order and still have a power-packed bottom end because I think looking at their averages that uh, Jamin Woodsy will start at reserve and he'll be up there with the strongest reserves in the league also at top end power you know there's a lot of improvement in that team you know Brady Kurt still young and going the right way Woodsy Dan Bewey Steve Warrow another year removed from that injury Charles Wright going home and as you mentioned earlier it leaves that maybe the unknown because he's not been in British Speedway for a lot of while and his international form seems to have dipped but you know, if they get the Peter Kilderman of a couple of years ago back, then and that's some team that's going to take one hell of a team to stop them. Do you think this Brady Kurtz is in the kind of European scene? He obviously, did very well in, in like the Polish league and etc. etc. As you say, he seems to be a rider that's progressing in the right direction, i.e., towards kind of world level in the individual front. Do, do you think this move to kind of Bellevue will, will kind of propel that even further? Maybe a track that's kind of suits him a bit better, a bit more of a racer's track than pool. I think so. Um, yeah, you know, I think as well, maybe just a change. Sometimes a change is good yeah. as a rest. You know, he would have loved his time and, and pool have developed rider after rider over the years. It's a it's a factory for developing riders down there when they come over from Oz. But he's made that step now. And actually, it's the one thing I was a little bit disappointed to see when Pool dropped down. Because some of those races last year, when it was Holder and Kurtz at one and five against Max Frick and, and you know, probably Dan Bueller or Kenneth Bier around, uh, around Bellevue were unbelievable. But for me... He's the one that wants to take the next jump. He'll have competition for that number one spot from the likes of Kilderman, from Dan Bewley, from Charles Wright, of course, British champion. But I think this is year he'll kick on. I think he'll be looking not just to be the top man in the Bellevue team, but I wouldn't be surprised if come the end of the year he's looking to be in that top three or four in the league as well. Yeah. As you say, Bellevue really... Looking through their one to seven, they really do have a good mix. I mean, any of the top five there could be racing at heat leader throughout the season. I mean, you mentioned Jim and Lindsay and uh, Jai Etheridge at reserve. The only negative there is obviously Jai um, had a fairly bad injury during the Australian Championship. Hopefully, he's recovered fully from that by the time the the season starts. But as a Jai is a rider who, especially around at home will give you that power at reserve and away from home it'll be it'll be solid enough to score you score your points at the bottom end. So I really do think it regardless to what way you, you can have structure that Bellevue side, they're going to be a tough nut to crack anywhere, any track they go to this season. Uh, and our team we've kind of spoke it uh, really in depth about with a few of the riders on um and since we started the podcast back, it, it, it's Ipswich. Uh, Jason Crump coming back in there is obviously the kind of headline act. But if we look beyond that, Graham, where do we see the backup coming for, for Jason Crump? We've got Nikolai Clint in there, who's been a solid performer. Is he a heat leader? You've got Jake Allen in there, solid performer. Is he a heat leader? 
Danny King, we know he's he's proven at this level, but where, where does the support come, f- come from for Crump and the Ipswich side? For me, I think it will come from Clint. Um, I think Nikolai is probably one of the most professional riders when it comes to setup, when it comes to you know, certainly on social media and sponsorship awareness and, and all that kind of stuff. There's very few at that level that match up to him. I think he was kind of overshadowed a little bit sometimes at pool last year. Kurtz and, and Holder kind of took the took the plaudits, but I'm sitting looking at the, the averages here just now. Um, and he averaged over seven and a half for, mm-hmm. for pool last year. He was actually above Jack Holder by a smidgen um, in the averages and was only less than 0.3 of a point behind Brady Kurtz. Um, okay, his home form was very good, but Ipswich is a track I think will suit Nikolai. He's a sharp gator, he likes to control a race from the front, and if you can get out in front of Ipswich, you've got a very good chance. And and for me, Jason Crump, you know, I was obviously the big name. I want it to succeed so much. Crump was one of my absolute idols and heroes you know, 10, 15 years ago um, at, at the top level. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Clint with that number one race jacket on midway through the season. Uh, how much? Uh, we, we, obviously, we've spoke about the Crump uh, signing in previous podcasts, but I, I don't think I've really asked you that. I mean, how much a risk is this for Ipswich? Obviously, they had to do uh, had to move things about in terms of team building um, because of the, because of what happened with Danny Ayers. But how much a risk is this for Ipswich to bring? a rider back who's been, to use an American football phrase, who's been sat on the couch for a few years, um, to bring him in to, a, a, this is not an individual, this is the real deal, this is the this is the premiership, and straight into league racing, to bring him in at number one, it, it's going to be a tough ask for Jason. I, I, I think we need to kind of realise that this is, this is not going to be easy for him. No, no, not in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, it's been... Was it five years, six years at least since since Jason retired? Um, it's a big, big ask to to come back. We've mentioned there, you know, the the league's as tough as it's ever been over the last few years. You know, even little things, setups, change at tracks. You know, the only thing I would say, Jason Crump will not be doing this at any less than a hundred percent. I seen a tweet the other day, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he was showing the bikes, and, and I think it was. I think it maybe was Peter Johns that was doing the engines, and the, the you know the frames and the bikes were all coming from the top top guys. Ashtek, I think it was. So Ashtek, sorry, I apologise then to um, to them Pretty for getting sure. that wrong. Um, but you know that Crumpy won't be doing this by half measures. He's not pulling the bikes out the shed for five years ago and coming to have a shot. Um, he'll be going at it full pedal. Whether it's enough, you know, only time will tell. My fingers are crossed it works out. Um, as I say, he was, he was one of my favourites back in the day. Um, it is a risk, though. Let's be honest. You've got a guy that it, it's into the unknown. But sometimes you've got to take a risk and sometimes they pay off, you know? Yeah, definitely. The, the way I would see it is, is you've got to roll the dice. If a guy like Jason Crump, regardless to if he's been retired for five, six seasons or not, I think if that opportunity becomes available, I think everything that's involved around about that... You should see, he's not going to come here with poor equipment. I, I realise it's a huge risk. I think it's a huge risk, personally, because you realistically nobody knows but until we actually get going what what Jason Crump are going to get here. Yeah. But I think that does put a lot of emphasis on 
the rest of the guys, especially having an inexperienced rider at seven, it does put a lot of pressure on the guys, especially, I would say, I think it'll be Cameron Heaps that's down at reserve with Drew Kemp. I think there's a lot of pressure on Cameron, a lot of pressure on Cameron to be covering for Drew to make sure that there's not a lot of pressure on him as a rider, but to then kind of provide backup to the top the top five as well. I'd say that he he's the rider that's got to provide the extra points, really. Yeah, I mean, Cameron had obviously the best year of his career last year, um, both at Premiership and Championship level, really kicked on. And I know his plan was to work on that all the way through the winter and keep it going. He, he kind of, I think Cameron turned the corner last winter. I think that's when he realised that, wait a minute, I've actually got the ability to go places here, but to get there, I need to put the work in. You know, how many speedway riders have we seen? The natural ability to get them to a level, they then need to change something and make the next step. And I think Cameron did that last year. You're right, it's a big, big ask for him this year. Um, you know, the, that whole mid-order of the team, as you see him, I'd probably say Cameron, Jake Allen and Nico Cavati are going to have pressure on them because there will be tracks Crumpy goes to that it's maybe his first time or it's completely changed or he's just not got the setup or whatever and, and he struggles a little bit and will those guys be there to back them up? Um, you know, I'm not going to turn into John McCurrick here, but I mentioned that Bellevue were favourites for the league. Ipswich are rank outsiders. Ipswich are viewed as the weakest of the seven teams by the bookie. I'll put that qualifier in there. That's <laughs> not by... Graham Muncy, Scott Framer, Talk Speedway podcast. Uh, that's by the bookmakers. Um, but there's a reason for that. I've, I've never really met a skint bookie. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's a few question marks in there. But I'm pretty sure there were the uh, the underdogs going into last season yeah. and look where they finished up. Um, Chris Lowy, he's not shy of making changes if they're needed. There's a bit, I always think there's a wee bit of home track advantage here, although maybe that might be gone a little bit because this is our second year back in the top league. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm probably going to repeat myself as I go through this. I can see positives in every single team this year. And you can look at it and say, if this clicks, if that clicks, you know, if, if the young guys that kicked on last year keep kicking on, if Crumpy manages to maintain or put a slight improvement on that average then there's another team that I won't be surprised if they're in the playoffs. Yep. I And as you as I was going to reiterate, as you said, the guys like Jake Allen, Cavati Heaps, they're the guys I would say with pressure on them this year because you know what you're going to get through Clint, uh, Nikolai Clint and, and Danny King. So the, yep. those three guys right in the middle there, they're the guys that are going to have to kind of step up and make sure that the points are covered both at the top and the bottom end of the team. Uh, not so far away in Kings Lynn, a familiar looking lineup for Stars fans in 2020. Uh, one, we speak about riders, we kind of pressure on them. I, we, I think we mentioned in our first podcast back, Graham, we were talking about winners and losers. Uh, we, we spoke really about Robert Lambert, how he would have been disappointed with his uh, 2019 season. He's a guy that's really got to get back to top form here. Um, Kings Lynn, solid looking team, but when you look about the league, and we see some of the strength and depth throughout the league. A lot of these guys are going to have to step up to the plate in 2020, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think Kingsline and the team they've they've maybe went looking for a team of guys that are looking to bounce back a wee bit. You yeah. know, you mentioned Robert Lambert there. Um, you know, again, not knowing the, the character of Robert, but imagining it and seeing them in interviews and stuff over the years. I think last year's just going to be a blip in the road, and on a 
sub eight average. I think there's a point in his average straight off the bat. Yep. Craig Cook didn't start last year. Um, obviously at Kings that he came in a couple of matches into the season. Um, you know, him knowing where he's going to be all season, he can hit the ground run and have a go at it. Um, we'll hear from Eric Riss in a minute. Ty Proctor had a bit of an up and down year last year. Um, you know, dropped by Sheffield, into the Leicester team, won some trophies, couple injuries as well, a little bit hit or miss. Oli Care, he was probably the most solid rider, I would say, in the team last year. And Thomas Jorgensen, another one who was probably expecting a lot more out of himself from last year. So they're another team that if you, you know me, I'm a positive kind of guy. I like to look at things with the rose-tinted glasses on rather than the, the doom and gloom. Looking at that team, I think there's five of that top six, realistically, who will all be looking to put minimum half a point, a point on their average. And we all know that the teams that do that are the ones that are there or thereabouts come season's end. I think Kings Lynn, uh, we're going to speak to Eric about this and get his thoughts on it, but I think Kings Lynn's major uh, problem last year was obviously on the road. Uh, Graham, that's something they're going to have yep. to address this season, but do you see them having enough strength to go to places like Swindon, Sheffield, Bellevue, local rivals Peterborough? Do you see them having enough strength and depth to actually go and kind of score, away, get away points in the board consistently? Honestly, I'm not too sure. I look at their top three, and I think on paper, their top three is solid. Um, I'm a big, big fan of Eric Riss. Um, you know, I've always got a bit, I've got a bit of blue and gold bias in there, but he's a guy that has improved year on year. Last year, maybe levelled off a wee bit. That was because of injuries to me. He'll kick on. It's, it's whether the guys, the likes of Jorgensen and Proctor, can kick on and, and, and sort of regain that form. I think as well and I've not actually looked at the fixtures for this season, but they were they got massively hampered by the fixture planning last year. I think they had not something like six home matches to fit in in the last two and a half weeks yeah. or something ridiculous like that. So they were playing catch-up. They'd lost the confidence that comes from... And you ask any team manager or any rider, they want to be riding at home, picking up those wins. That builds the confidence. As you said, they were struggling away, and I think they had seven or eight away matches on the bounce that they didn't pick anything up from while not having home matches to regain that confidence. So by the time they went on that run at the end of the year, it was too late. Um, so again, if you know, if you're asking me to rank the teams just now, I would put Kings Lynn in the maybe category for the playoffs. There's a couple I think are definites. There's probably the rest that if everything goes well for them, they'll be there. But you know, would I be surprised if Kings Lynn were second or third at the end of the season no would I be surprised if they were seventh at the minute no well we can preview Kings Lynn's season with Eric Riss now Dog Speedway Dog Speedway yeah, so we're joined now by Kings Lynn's Eric Riss Eric thanks very much for joining us here on the Talk Speedway podcast um, you all set for a big year ahead yeah um, I look forward um, I've, I've spent my off season in Australia um, it's kind of my second home nowadays. Um, did a bit of riding there. I did one meeting and a few practices. Um, being in the gym every day. So, yeah, um, it's been a good off-season. I did a lot of training and uh, I haven't rode probably in a month or two now um, after I left Australia. So, yeah, it's been a while now uh, since I had my last ride. So, I look forward to getting the, few, uh, the first few practices and then start racing again 
Uh, Eric, looking back at last season, uh, how frustrating was it for yourself, obviously, with it, you had a, a few injuries that kept you out for kind of lengthy spells. How frustrating was that period through last season? Um, well, it's, it kind of came at a, at a frustrating time, I would say, because um, it wasn't in the start of July or end of June. I can't really remember, but um, because of the injury, I couldn't take part in the GP qualifier in Glasgow and that was a big meeting for me I wanted to do well there and I look forward to riding that meeting all year um, so yeah um, I got um, caught out of that because of my injury um, which was frustrating but um, yeah I think I came I, you know I came back strong and I finished the season well um, won the riders individual at Sheffield that was after my injury as well. So, yeah, I finished off strong and uh, I didn't do too much except from not making money for once. And obviously back at Kings Lynn this year, I think this is your third year now um, down in Norfolk and a, a good-looking team and a, a pretty familiar team. There's a lot of guys in there that, that know they're the quickest way around. Yeah, um, yeah, that's going to be my second full season. Um, in 2018, I only did it for, for the club. We didn't do well at all, um, and yeah, well, the team for this year is quite similar. But you know, there's a few guys like me, Lambert, and Proctor, and Jorgensen. We all weren't doing as well last year as we all expected. So um, I think we can all top our game a bit um, and do better because I, I think the know the club knows. Um, our potential. It was just that we didn't, we didn't pull it off last year. Last year, it seemed to be that the troubles came on the road, Eric. Um, I don't think the club picked up many points away from home last year. It's, I know it's an obvious statement, but that's going to have to pick up next season um, if the club are to reach the playoffs, isn't aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Um, we were we were pretty strong at home as as usual, but. Even at home, we weren't as strong as the year before, um, but especially away from home last year, we were really bad. Um, I can't I, I can't even remember if we won any meetings away. Um, yeah, we were pretty bad away, so we definitely got to work on that. But, you know, in Sweetway, it always, it always comes up to the day. So, like, even if you have one bad meeting, it doesn't really matter so much, but... That's what it's normally like. So, but for for us last year, um, it kind of seemed like we were in a in a negative spiral. We just couldn't get out of because every away meeting was just like like even before the meeting, you kind of had a feeling that we wouldn't get away uh, with anything from that meeting. Like probably halfway through the season, I think the confidence was just really low throughout the season. And looking at the the makeup of the team. For this year, um, you'll start the, the season in a heat leader position. I know any time we've spoken in the past, um, you always say you don't care what position you're on the team. Every race you're in, you think you're the number one in that race. But will there be a little bit of added pressure on you that you're there? your main job is there to back up Craig Cook and, and, and Lambert? Yeah, well, um, yeah, as you rightly said, I don't care what position I'm in, I'm in but I... I do prefer a heat leader position. I prefer a position with more responsibility. So I do prefer a heat leader position, but I would, 
prefer it even more if I was on 501. So I want to improve. I want to develop my average. And my goal at one point is to be number one. But for this year, yep, I'm probably starting at number three. So I'm backing up Robert and uh, Craig. That's my job. And I'll try to do it as good as possible. Eric, there's a, there's a real buzz around the Premiership for the 2020 season. Um, a, a few big names coming back uh, to British Speedways that's been well documented. Uh, a lot of strong teams with big number ones, but Kingsland seem to have went for strength and depth. Do you think that different kind of way of team building, going against maybe some of the teams that have got are kind of out-and-out number ones, so to speak, do you think that's what's going to be Kingsland, uh, bring an advantage sorry, to Kingsland getting into the season? Um, I think it can be and it can be not I think but you know like if you look at Rob Lambert he in the last few years except from last year where he struggled a bit but the years before he's been a, a top rider in the premiership and especially in 2018 he was a, a, a guarantee for a big point you know double figures every meeting away and home um, and that's what a number one should be like because even if you have a few riders that are struggling in the team, you can always um, always count on the number one in the team. And uh, so I wouldn't really say that we don't have that big of a name. Um, I mean, obviously, Robert's not in the GPs this year, but he's still a top rider in the UK. And if he can um, pull up uh, his form again, like in 2018, um, I'm sure we will have that that number one back that delivers big points every meeting. And I think if, if if that's the case, then it will make life easier for the whole team. And I think the, the whole team will feel more confident as well. But last year, I think because Robert was struggling a bit, um, it um, affected, the, affected the whole team a bit because if he was struggling, then the, others rather, the other riders tend to struggle as well, yeah. And we touched on it earlier, it's quite a familiar lineup that Kingsland have this year. The one new name, I guess, for most of the fans um, at Saddleboro Road will be Michael Hartel, a guy that you've ridden with over the years back in Germany. Just what can the one fans expect from Michael? Um, he's really, he's a really ambitious rider. Um, so I think he's gonna, he, he's gonna put in the work to to manage the track. Obviously, he hasn't done much riding in the UK. I mean, he rode last year I think in Ipswich for a while and then he crashed and was out of the team so he didn't do that much riding yet in the UK which is not a good thing because UK is hard tracks are really different especially when he comes from Germany so he needs to get in race time um, but it's good for him to, to have a club now and uh, I hope he does a lot of practice on the track as well because uh, Kingsland is quite special but I uh, I hope and I believe if he manages the Kingsland track, then, you know, it's it's good if you have the home track sorted and you always score your points there because away from home, he doesn't know any away track. So he'll probably struggle at one or the other track. But if he's got the home track sorted, that will be a big help for him. But as I said, he's a, he's a really ambitious rider and uh, he, he's got the will to win. So um, I'm, I'm sure he'll put in the work to to become good and score the points he needs to. 
Eric, I know from speaking to you over the years just how ambitious you are. As a rider, you want to race against the very best and think you deserve to be at the table with the very best. But how exciting is it for you, as I mentioned previously in the interview, that you've got these big names back in British Speedway, that you can race against these big names in British Speedway and double up, I suppose, as well. You can earn some money. Yeah, it's really exciting when I think about that. I mean... If I think about Ron Everson and Patterson and Doyle and Crump, um, you know, I, I get really excited. I feel excitement in my body. And, um, you know, especially for me as a rider, I'm still an upcoming rider in Speedway, I would say, because um, I was, until 2017, I, I was mainly focused on long track. So it's only really since uh, three years where I've been focused on the Speedway. And, Mm-hmm. where I'm following the goals on Speedway. And the last few years, I've tried to race in Sweden and Poland because my my ultimate goal is to get into the extra league. Um, I think that's probably many riders' dream, but that's my ambition. That's where I want to get, and I want to ride against those riders. And to have a few of those riders in the British League where I'm already part of now, that's a great thing because that's what I want to do. I want to ride against them. Dog Speedway. Speedway. Kingsland's Eric Griss there. Um, always forthright with his opinions and up for a big season in my eyes uh, for the stars. Now, moving 36 miles into the west along the A47, Scott, I know you like your byways and highways. <laughs> um, we move on to Peterborough. Uh, there's an old adage, good things come to those who wait. Took a wee bit of time for the Panthers to finish their team, but it looks like a fairly exciting team they've finished with. I think they've got a solid team there, Graham. Uh, definitely one filled with uh, Peterborough experience anyway, but definitely one I think that can dig in um, when the going gets tough. When you look at guys like Scott Nichols, Chris Harris, um, these are guys that can definitely get down and dirty when when, <laughs> when they need to, when, they, when maybe some others don't fancy the, the fight. These are guys that could definitely drag the fight out, yeah, especially again. As we said, uh, Ulrich Ustergaard, the final signing in there, he's another one who won't, who won't be afraid to get in and mix it as well. So I definitely think they've got a side there that can, can compete uh, towards a playoff spot, Graham. I mean, uh, you look at Niels Christian Everson, who we're going to hear from uh, in a second. Um, when you're looking at number ones with, with an abundance of British Speedway experience, it's... Uh, it's it's crazy to think that we've we've got all this talent in British Speedway this year, and Neil's been a Grand Prix rider, very busy guy. Um, it's a big signing for the Panthers, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Neil's is a huge signing. Um, we all know the the class of Neil's Christian Everson, obviously former world number three. Um, and when you back up, as you mentioned, the rest of the experience there, um, a wee bit of research and a bit of stat or nerd work that I did the other day, go. Scott, between. That Peterborough team, there's 10 Grand Prix wins. Wow. 10 rounds of the Grand Prix have been won by that team. One by Chris Harris. Um, then the rest by Hans Anderson and Niels Christian Everson. I did the research then, didn't I write it much, down? So. Not much of a start, is it? It's not a bad one. <laughs> hey, you, you add that to the fact that Ron Tungate's the most successful GP rider ever, if you remember yeah. Peter Oakes on the show a couple of weeks ago, and a seven times British champion in Scott Nichols. Um, there's a fair bit of silverware in that changing room. 
Yep. But I, I don't think I, I don't think they're at the stage of playing the dad's army tune when they're going track <laughs> uh, when they're on parade. Um, but as you mentioned, there is a fair bit of experience. I mean, when you think about Scott, you mean you've got four like Scott Nichols, Niels Christian Evenson, who's a current Grand Prix rider, Chris Harris, Hans Anderson. There's four guys there with world level experience. You mentioned Ron Tungate, who's an Australian champion. Don't forget. Um, these this is a team that has got. I'm not saying it's got potential because. They're all probably at an age where potential, the word potential is probably out the window, let's be perfectly honest. Um, but as you mentioned in a podcast previously, Ron Tungate must have aspirations of, cha- of challenging Niels Christian Everson for that number one race jacket. And I actually don't think it will do Ron any, any harm to have that carrot and the end of the stick to chase, to actually have a, a, a goal in front of him. He can go, I want that number one spot off Everson. That, that's, that can be a, a big incentive for him this year. I think so. Your teams that that g each other on, you know, it's great to have a big out and out number one, but if there's no one ready to take that mantle on, it sometimes doesn't work. You know, you look at like Swindon last year and probably the same this year. You try and tell Troy Batcher he's not a number one in any other team in the league if Jason Doyle's not there. Yeah. And you know, we'll we'll go over the Swindon team and the status in a minute, but he wasn't far away from being that number one spot. So if they can kick each other on, and I think you're right. It depends on what way you look at potential. Isn't it? There's okay, it's not a team that's full of young up and comers and they're on the rise because that kind of potential. But there is guys in that team with the potential to increase their average. Your Hans Anderson had probably the worst year of his career, off track issues last year, numerous injuries on the track. I remember one horrific looking crash at, uh, at the East England showground he had. Um, so he'll be looking at big points in his average. Scott Nichols. I think he started last season as a heat leader for Wolves. This year he starts as a reserve for Peterborough. He'll be looking to point, put points on his average. Michael Pamtoff, best year of his career, I would probably say, last year, looking to kick on it and build on that. So, yes, they maybe don't have the young 21-year-olds that are shooting for the stars and you know are the next crop of GP superstars or whatever, but there's still room for improvement in that team personal pride I think will come into play in the lobby then as I said mentioned there about rowing about having the carrot and the end of the stick you put a trophy in front of these guys and they want to race as hard as they can to win it I mean guys like Scott and Scott and Chris they're out and out racers and there's, there's no doubt that there's going to be some exciting racing at East England showground this year and of course as we said led by Grand Prix star Niels Christian Everson who we can hear from now Talk Speedway Talk Speedway Niels, uh, you come into the Peterborough side uh, as number one uh, after a short spell with Ipswich last season. You must be looking forward to the, the season ahead. It looks a, a, a competitive uh, premiership this year, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Um, I mean, I'm back with Peterborough now. <clears throat> I was there four years uh, yeah, back in 2006. It was my first year then. And and then up to to 2010. So uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a while. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm locally to uh, to the club there, and uh, you know I'm uh, I'm looking forward to to just get back racing now. You know it's been it's been a fair old, old long winter, and uh, yeah, just really looking forward to get going. I think I think the team looks good. The team looks strong, and uh, yeah, it should be competitive. And and last year, obviously, we only seen you on British shores for a few matches towards the end of the season. What was the, the thinking behind the decision to do a full year in the UK this year? I mean, I really enjoyed the time with Ipswich uh, by the end of last year. Um, 
you know, obviously the the finals when when we when we lost uh, big time to Swindon uh, wasn't <laughs> wasn't as pleasant, but uh, but in in general I I enjoyed the the spell with with Ipswich and uh, and yeah I mean I always enjoyed racing in this country and uh, you know it's it's still the same you know it's just about making everything fit with the with the schedule you know it's it's busy uh, busy with Grand Prix and and all the commitments uh, everywhere really so uh, so yeah. If things fit well, then uh, then I'm always happy to to ride wherever. Looking at the Peterborough team, Nils, it, 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 the the promotion have went for a team that is ve- is very familiar with the Peterborough track. Uh, do you think that worked to your advantage this season? A lot of guys in there with a lot of experience round the, round about Peterborough. It's always difficult to say uh, here before, but uh, but obviously we have a lot of experienced riders in in the team. Uh, you know, I haven't ridden Peterborough since. Probably about four years ago, I was I was riding the track last time. Uh, so so I mean, but obviously I know it from from the past. But um, I wasn't there last year, and I know the track surface has changed quite a bit uh, after after the new promotion. And uh, you know the track uh, yeah, seems to have improved with with the surface. But um, but no, I'm I'm looking forward to it just to get on track, try. Try how try how uh, try how everything feels, and uh, and then just sort of get on with it from from there. But but I think with the ex- experience that we have in the team, uh, we should really be able to to cope with any track. You know, that's how I see it. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's the showground or or any away meetings. Then uh, then we should be able to uh, to put the work down. And you mentioned there you're looking forward to getting back on track. Have you you been on the bike quite a bit? Have you been doing some testing and training over the winter in Europe? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't done uh, any testing over the winter. You know, I, I mean, I always uh, just, uh, yeah, stay off the bike during during the off season and uh, and just uh, gain some energy. You know, work on my fitness and uh, work on on the preparations. Really, I think uh, it's, it's it's very difficult to to really test anything you know, when the weather is cold and the tracks are no good and uh, and um, yeah, there, there's not really. A lot you can do to to improve uh, equipment-wise, uh, but I mean I've been out practicing a couple of times now so, so far this year, and uh, and yeah, I just uh, feel good on the bike really, and uh, can't wait to get going. Niels, we know you're going to be a, a busy man this season, doing it back in British Speedway, obviously racing on the continent and the Grand Prix as well. Do, do you feel as if you're at your best when you're you're busier rather than sat in the house, kind of watching Speedway and maybe just preparing for meetings? If you look at the past, I've always been been at my best when I've been a little bit more busy. Obviously, there's always a fine line between uh, between being too busy and uh, and just have have enough, but. Um, but no, I uh, always always feel better when 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 I race more and uh, and you know, every rider is different. You know, there's a lot of riders which is uh, cutting down the schedule a lot. Uh, I did that too um, before when I when I when I sort of pulled out of British Speedway for for a bit to uh, to focusing on on other things. But um, but you know, it, it's it's always a tough one, isn't it? Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, what can you say? Um, you know, if you if you sit around, if you sit around for a week or so, then then yeah, personally, I I I seem to get a bit rusty, and uh, I prefer to to be out racing. Um, but I mean, other guys are different, and 
I think everybody's to themselves. So, uh, so yeah, we, we just got to do what is best for, for one another. And of course, we've seen a few of your, your countrymen come back to British speed with us. Well, Peter Kilderman's back in the league. Obviously, Nicky Pedersen was a big signing for Sheffield. Jason Crump's come back into the fold. These are guys, obviously, maybe outside of Jason Crump, you'll be used to racing with on the continent. But just how big is it for British Speedway that these guys are all back on the UK scene as well? I think it's good. I think it's brilliant. You know, I think it's what uh, what what we need in the, in, the, in this country here. Um, obviously, Crumpy has been off the bikes. Uh, well, I don't know if he's been off the bike, but he's been off the <laughs> what can you say the European racing for for quite some years now, and it'll be interesting to see him come back. Um, you know, he's always been. Been a great rider, you know, always so consistent, and uh, you know, probably one of the one of the best best riders in in his era, and uh, and yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's a character, and uh, it, it should be good to to have him back, you know. And I think it's uh, it's quite interesting to see what uh, what he will be able to do. Obviously, he has the experience from the past, and uh, and yeah, I think it's it's going to be going to be exciting to see, and you know, the same with Nicky, you know, he hasn't been riding in this country for. For years, but um, but you know, still a, a very much a, a, a top rider, you know, in 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 Europe and uh, when the you know Europe and <laughs> abroad. I mean, you know, with the, with the European racing and and uh, you know he's, he's he's been out of Grand Prix for a couple of years, but uh, but still doing very well on 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 the bigger leagues in in Poland and Sweden. So it will be it will be interesting. I think it's good for for the British speedway and especially for the fans to to watch these boys coming back. Niels, do you think this is the most competitive British Speedway has been for for the last few years? It's always nice to see some some big names coming coming in, you know, and, and and coming back to 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 racing here. But but I mean, all teams are, are looking fairly strong, I think. And uh, you know, the the thing, you know, there's there's some teams who will be, which will be stronger on their home tracks, uh, and and other teams which will perform a little bit more all over the place, uh, and. Uh, yeah, we just have to see when we get going. You know, it's always uh, one thing is is to have a team on paper, and another thing is to uh, to to go out and do it on the track. So, um, so yeah, everything is open. Talk Speedway. Talk Speedway. Moving up into Yorkshire, Sheffield. We, we know made the big big announcement at the at the start of the winter. Got everybody's imagination running with the return of Nicky Pedersen to British Speedway. Uh, Surround that with Jack, Josh Krasonic, Jack Holder, Kyle Hurth. You've got plenty of experience here, Premiership experience. Um, do you think they've got enough at the bottom end, Graham? That that would be my question. Obviously, they made the big splash. They got the name, and the, whether it was the way they announced it, whether it was the way the team was built, it almost looked like they built from the top down, didn't they? The, the announcements came out, it was the top riders. At home, Todd Kurtz will certainly look after himself. He's very, very good and away from home it'll be interesting to see and Asher Morris is, is another one who he shows promise he's, he's kind of been around for a couple of years he has spells where you think right this is Asher's time to kick on he looks like he's going to make it um, and, and really show that you know fulfill the potential he's shown it maybe always hasn't worked again you know what a lot of question marks. It's going to be the theme of the show. You could probably call it that question mark preview. Um, everyone's going to be putting their eyes on the early doors. Um, obviously, we'll speak about Crump coming back. He's box office. But I think, you know, anyone who's looking at any result error in the season, I'll be looking out for Sheffield results just to see what Nicky Pedersen does back in British Speedway. 
he's got it in him to go out there and be in the top two, three in the league, you know, very easily. The backup from Holder and Grzonic should be there. It's in, and you know, Richard Lawson is as steady as they come. It is maybe just going to be that bottom end of the second string. Can Kyle Howarth kind of regain a bit of form, kick on? And as you mentioned, those two reserves that when you look at some of the other reserve pairings around the league, might be a little bit weaker. See, you spoke about the, the Peterborough team with, more, with a lot of question marks surrounding it. I actually think the Sheffield team has got a lot of question marks surrounding it. Um, Nicky Pedersen coming back into the league, as, as I previously mentioned with, with, with Jason Crump, this isn't going to be a cakewalk for Nicky, absolutely no way. And it's I, I think there's a lot of question marks surrounding it. It's fantastic for the league and I'm by no no way, shape and form do I want to be a doom and gloom monger about the, the big signings that have been made in the league. But the big question mark is, is, is this is this the Nicky that we remember in British Speedway? Is this the Nicky that, that is former world and European champion? I mean, it's not as though he's going to come to British Speedway for a payday. <laughs> I mean, that's simply <laughs> not going to happen. But I'd be interested to see what Nicky Pedersen, just like Jason, just what Nicky Pedersen, British Speedway gets. Um, in terms of Josh Chrisonic and Kyle Hurst, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any question marks around the name. I think they're very capable riders at this level, and of course, Jack Holder as well. He's a rider, a rider on the up. He's a rider I really, really enjoy watching. The question, the big question marks for me is the bottom end. Uh, Ashley Morris, I'm not quite sure Ashley's at, at this level just yet. Um, I, I know Speedway's a numbers game and this is where I think it's unfair at times. I, I'm not quite sure Ashley's ready for this. I hope I'm proved wrong because I want to see every rider succeed and progress, especially British riders. And I, I hope we, and, and a team, including Nicky Pedersen, that there would be some help there for him um, that he could kick on, but I'm not quite sure that... that I, I, see, we've spoke before about the the kind of the draft system, and I, I think Ashley was involved in that or the second season of it, and it, and it helped then. But when you've got the got the way the league set up just now, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough for him to get points on the board. Now, I know it's Todd Kurtz's testimonial year or whatever. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure Todd Kurtz is a premiership. I mean, I think will Todd go in at reserve, Graham? I think so. I'm pretty sure yeah. he will. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a half decent reserve, but I still don't. I don't know if he's a Premiership rider either. Um, and Richard Lawson for me, I think Richard needs to kick kick on now, um, because Richard's been out around a long time, Graham, and Richard's one of the riders who is probably about seven and a half to eight and a half in the championship. Round about, you've you've got the averages in front of me. You'll be able to tell me what his average is, but I'm going to assume it's about six and a half points. Do you not do you not think that it's time that Richard Lawson started kicking on a wee bit more, became more dominant in the championship, and maybe they put a point point and a half on his average in the Premiership? It's one you would like to see, and you know, and you're right. On his I think day, he's capable of it. That's why I'm saying yeah. that. I'm not saying it because no. oh, that that's the stage of his career that he's at. I think he's capable of it. That's why I'm saying that. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his average for last season. It was just over six, six point one four, um, according to the Speedway GB website, was his 2019 average, um, and that's where I think that kind of steadiness in the cent- center of the team comes in well, but. There's a capability more there, you know. This is the Premiership preview, so I won't 
bring it into the championship too much, but I remember his days back when he was with Glasgow and he was dominant for Glasgow and he was a nine, nine and a half point rider in the, the championship and you thought, right, he could kick on and, and really be... I, I would compare him to a rider, maybe maybe somebody like Craig Cook. I don't see any reason why he can't be doing a Craig Cook job. Seven and a half to eight points. Nigh on unbeatable around a home track. He makes his own and picking up steady points away from home in the in the Premiership. One thing I will say is, though, although I do put a question mark next to his name in the Sheffield side there, what I will say, I don't know if this slightly contradicts what I'm saying. My point is simply that I think he should be do- doing better than what he is, but if there is a track that he's going to do that at, I think it would be Sheffield. Having witnessed him round Overton in the past, it's a track that suits him down to the ground. I think he can score big points there, but I do think it's a season where Richard Lawson needs to be kicking on really um, improving that he can he can really like, kind of take steps forward in his career and I, I don't it sounds like a criticism but I, I, is there a, I don't want to say this particularly as you can tell by my hesitance <laughs> but it's a, it's a rider that's kind of stood still for a number of years now He's, and I would like to see him kick on that wee bit further you know yeah I would agree with that and I think you're right and if if he does, he makes Sheffield a very strong outfit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, Richard Lawson's sort of career bio now, and you're right, that's something he's 33 now, if my maths are right. 34 now. Um, yeah, 34 now. Um, that took a wee bit of quick maths there. Um, you know, so you kind of think, is that now his level? And I'm actually sort of shocked when I see that. For some reason, I still think of Richard Lawson has been 25 or 26, not, not near that sort of 10 years old. Maybe, maybe uh, I'm being overcritical then. I didn't uh-huh. realise he was as old as that. Maybe should have done re- some research into it before <laughs> opening my mouth. But I, st- I still think that, ca- we that, like to that potential... Still informed. Yep, I, st- I still think there's that there's that potential. I mean, he's got a number of years left in him in, 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 in speedway terms. And I still think there's, there's a... There's a there's a rider in there that could progress further, like in terms of putting points on his average. I'm not saying go go to World Cups and world level individually or whatever. I'm just I just mean in a domestic kind of scene. I definitely think there's a rider there that can score uh, score more points than what he is. Um, perhaps been a bit harder to beat in bigger races, that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, moving on for that, Graham uh, Swindon. Uh, the champions in the Premiership uh, had a phenomenal 2019 season, very, very consistent. It was always going to be difficult to hang on to riders, um, especially with putting points and averages, etc., etc. Um, but I think the promotion at Swindon, um, Roscoe and Lee Kilby, etc., have done very well um, to keep Jason Doyle, Troy Batchelor, Rasmus Jensen, uh, Ellis Pearson, Adam Ellis in the team. And what I think they've done is I think they've been very shrewd uh, with the signing of Jordan Stewart and Anders Rowe. Jordan Stewart especially, he's a rider on the up. I've watched him progress over a number of years before he came to British Speedway. Um, and then Red Car really have been patient with him in the championship. And that's bearing fruit now, I think. And I, I do think he's ready to step up into this level and take the, ne- the next steps in his career. Yeah, you took the words completely out of my mouth there, Scott. Um, you know, when you were having your wee rant about Richard Lawson, I was moving ahead and looking at the Swindon team. <laughs> and uh, I actually think, for me, I mentioned at the start with Bellevue, it's all been well on injuries aside and all that. Bellevue and Swindon, for me, are the two that I would 
pencil, not even pencil, pen. I'm going to pen them into the playoffs <laughs> already. Big black marker. You know, they've they've kept four of the top five from last season. Obviously, Tobias Musiala being the one that's not there. And on paper and on their day, that top four is almost unbeatable. It's stronger than any other top four, I think, in the league, including Bellevue's. Um, Rasmus Jensen was rider of the year last year for me um, in the UK. Probably him and Charles Wright were the two. Um, kind of came out of nowhere, came out of nowhere a little bit. Romped to would have been a, a number one for any team in the championship apart from Glasgow, I think, obviously because they had Craig Cook was right up there, winning the big heats, putting in double digit scores for Swindon. And as you mentioned, I actually think I'm amazed more teams haven't done it and. There's a couple of riders I could name off the top of my head that I can't believe. I, I'm dumbfounded, don't have premiership places. But Swindon have got in airway. They've got in, you know, the, before these guys' averages get out hanging I think Anders Rowe and Jordan Stewart this time next year, if they hadn't been in the premiership this year on a converted championship average, would have been an extra point, point and a half. They're both on the way up. Obviously, Anders Rowe came out, of, came out of, from my point of view, nowhere. And that's because of my own ignorance of the National League from two years ago, last year at Somerset, started on a two-point average, moved into the main body of the team, didn't phase him at all. And Jordan Stewart, you're right, every year he's improved, every year he's got better, he's now got the experience of having been here, let's be his fourth year, I think, in the UK, certainly his third, I think he's fourth. Um, the time's right for him to take the step up, and Swindon, for me, have utilised the improved conversion rate from a premiership point of view, I think it's now one6 um, the, the championship average gets divided by 1.6. They've done that better than anyone else. I think probably because, apart from maybe Drew Kemp, they might be the only two riders in the league that are actually going in yeah. on a changed average. And Brock Nicholl as well, actually, I think. Um, and I don't think Swindon will miss a beat this year. Yes, obviously you have to de-strengthen when you win the league and, and New Zealand will be a big loss. But I would expect Perks to, to keep moving up the way from last season, the confidence he'll take into this year after winning pretty much everything at every level last year. Mm -hmm. And with the two guys they're bringing in at the bottom end, um, I don't think they'll miss a beat. And I think Swindon are bang on for the playoffs. And uh, a joint second favourite with Peterborough, if I'm having a wee flutter before the season starts, that might be where my money goes. Well, I think with, with Swindon, when I look at their side, and I would include Bellevue in this, um, this, Swindon is the only team in the league that I think there's probably three or four riders in it that actually, if they just do what they not, what they, not in the sense of improving, if they yeah. turn up and be the rider that we expect them to be, just the four riders, I'm talking about Jason Doyle, Troy Batchelor, Rasmus Jensen and Adam Ellis, there's the four that I would pick. If they turn up and just ride the way that everybody would expect them to ride and score the points that everybody expects them to score, they could pretty much carry the other three riders. Do, do you yeah. not understand what I'm coming for? Like, there's no like improvement needed in their riders. They're, they're riders that are they're, they're where they're supposed to be. Um Jordan Stewart for me is, as I said, fantastic, and I, I do think he'll he maybe take a wee while to kind of settle into the level, but I think once he does, he'll start scoring some points. Anders, much like Drew Kemp at Ipswich, this is a this is very much a development development year, and I think the team that surrounds him is a team that will allow him to do that. There's no pressure on him whatsoever, no pressure on him to to score points, and as you said, Ellis Perks. After after almost 
retiring at a very young age because of the way the sport was going for him. I think once you got on that crest of wave, we've seen it happen to other riders in the past as well, once you got on that crest of the wave, sometimes it's hard to get off it. And I think he's on that. We are he's keeping improving. I do expect him to kick on uh, this season as well. And I don't see any negatives in this Swindon side at all. I, th- I think it's... It, when you think as well that... I'm sure I've seen a stat that Troy Batchelor was Swindon's top point scorer at home. Uh, was it home last season? When you think that Jason Doyle's on that side, that's massive. That's absolutely massive. And I just think that they're, they're a team that looks settled as if exa- everybody in that team does they're where they're supposed to be in their career at the minute. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I've got the averages up in front of me. And Batchelor was actually their, their top point scorer overall. Um, right. As, as well as at home, um, albeit Jason Doyle missed a home match, so you know you kind of maybe balance it up a little bit. And Doyle did have more bonus points, so he was maybe quite happy to sit behind Troy in some of the thirteens and fifteens. Yeah. But you're right, you know, you just you look down, and I actually think, and there's even this kind of contingency built on the team that if LS struggles a little bit, then I think Jordan Stewart will move up into the main board of the team, and they'll always have that one mm-hmm. strong reserve out of those yeah. two. And as you say, for a guy like Anders Rowe. When you look about the team, there'll be no pressure on him. But will, will Roscoe say to him, right, take the, the number seven in every team. At home, I want you to beat Jai Effridge. I want you to beat Drew Kemp, Michael Hartel, you know, Ashley Morris, these kind of guys. I'm not expecting you, you know, hey, yeah. if you get any points against, you know, your Grishonics, your Holders, your Hans Andersons, your Tungates, your Kings, etc., that's all bonus. But you just, you're the number seven. If you get me three or four points at home, one or two points away, you've done your job. Let the rest of the guys worry about carrying the heavy load at the top end. And then Doyle, Batcher, Jensen and, and Ellis, as I say, I, I don't see a single weak link in that top four. Um, they'll be more than capable of doing that. Correct. Uh, we're going to speak to uh, Wolverhampton's Sam Masters in a second. Before we do, Graham, um, thoughts on the Wolverhampton side? It looks to be a, a side built for strength and depth. There's, it's a, it's a solid-looking team. It is. It's another. It's a classic Peter Adams team, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got continuity there. Obviously, Masters, Becker, Tercel, Morris, Schlein, Douglas, all back from the tail end of last season. Brock Nicholl, the newcomer um, to the team, but another young American. And obviously, when you when you think of Americans in British Speedway, I think of Wolverhampton and Craig Heath um, over the years. My only concern would be it's a team that came up short last year. And I don't see where the where the sort of team kicking on is. I appreciate Nick Morris had a, a very tough start, as did Torsell. They both started the season very slowly last year because they missed the start of the season due to injury. So it took them a little bit to get up to speed. And, and those were probably the drop points that cost um, Wolverhampton come the end of the season. I'm just not sure if that improvement's enough to, to get them up to that next stage. I worry a little bit at the top end. You know, they've got a lot of guys in there that can be number one in the Wolverhampton team. But when it comes down to the big heats, 13 and 15, do they have somebody that can match up to a Doyle? Do they have somebody that can match up to Niels Christian Everson if he comes back to form? I'm not so sure. Um, but on the flip side, Peter Adams generally knows his stuff. I think he's won more league titles than any other manager in British Speedway over the years. Um, and there is there's a strong... There's a strong middle order and reserve in there that, that could could come with the four. 
The, the thing with this Wales side, and much like the Kings Lynn side, I would say, is that I think it's, it's going to be difficult to get points on the road, isn't it? The way the, way the team's set up, it looks, as you say, in those big heats. Um, although what I would say is, that when you look at heats, maybe heat two and heat eight, they're the, they're the heats that they would maybe get points back in with the, the, the kind of strength and depth, really. But it's the big heats that win you meetings that they're... They, it's going to be difficult for them. I completely agree with you there, and especially away from home. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Sort of the, you could be right. Having heats what, 2, 8, 12 and 14 could be absolutely key for them. I'm looking at their away averages from last season just now. And, you know, Jacob Torsell, 6.72. Sam Masters, 6.67. Rory Schlein, 6.22. Nick Morris, 5.06. Those all need to improve by at least a point each if, if these teams in want to pick up points away. And as you say, the league's probably moving further and further away from Wolverhampton in the way of the, the size of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Wolverhampton is now an absolute anomaly compared to the rest of the tracks, which are well, all pretty big. This is the thing. This can, this can be... Be to, can be to their advantage because a lot of teams will will have set up for big track riders because that's that's what their home track is. So maybe this is where Wolverhampton can can gain a yard or two. Yeah, it certainly could be. You know, if they can go unbeaten at home and stop teams from taking even the consolation point. Generally, if you do that, you only need probably a maximum of seven, eight points away from home, and that's enough for the playoffs. You know, could they hit a Kingsland or a Peterborough off an off day in Ipswich? Um, you know, I wouldn't put them in the, the Bellevue-Swindon category, certainly. But, you know, what? Kind of as I've said for most of it, after Bellevue and Swindon, I think you could what, what, you could throw a dart <laughs> at the team names. I mean, it's, it's like me picking my Grand National pick. Shut your eyes and point at the page. <laughs> and, uh, you know, any two of the other five could make the playoffs and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, let's get some Masters thoughts ahead of the 2020 Premiership season. Dog Speedway. Dog Speedway. Sam, uh, another back with Wolverhampton this season in the Premiership. Uh, it looks a, a strong lineup, a, a kind of solid lineup all the way through. Maybe lacking a kind of out-and-out number one like some of the other teams, but it's going to be a tough nut to crack this season. It looks a solid side. <coughs> yeah, it's. Uh... Thanks for putting me down. I'm the number one. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you mean. Um, but we've got a team there that could, oh, I know, three or four of us could be a good number one, really. So um, yeah. it's not always down to just me, I suppose, being the number one. At least we've got some blokes there that can back me up. And uh, the, the Pete and Chris are obviously um, confident with the team we've got because they're pretty much using the same team as last year just without Kyle and they bring Brock Nickel in so uh, it's pretty good it's going to be something special because they're not silly and uh, yeah hopefully we can take it to at least make the final and just win the final and it can happen so uh, that's the aim for us yeah, I didn't mean to put you down as you know I've mean, got a better relationship than that Sam as you're aware of yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously looking about the league though Sam the, the, some of the riders that are in there as number ones it's refreshing to have such the, the big names kind of back in British Speedway but of course uh, you'll renew your rivalry with Nicky Pedersen that's got to be something you're looking forward to this year uh, yeah it's good just to have Nicky back in the league really Alan Crumpy he's coming 
coming back after a bit of time out, but Nicky hasn't stopped, so he's going to be hard to beat. And uh, but I've ridden with Nicky in Sweden over the last few years, and um, yeah, we get on good. He's uh, <laughs> he's a character of the sport, and he's going to I think put bums on seats, and that's what we want in British Speedway. So um, it'll be awesome to race against him. Obviously, three times world champion, he's a pretty um, pretty pretty good motorbike rider. So um, we'll be going up against him and. Um, Hopefully no fisty cuffs this time though. So, um, <laughs> no, nah, it'll be good. It's uh, yeah, it's good to have riders like that. Um, he will be a good number one, obviously. Then you got you got Doily is going to be awesome, and and Neil's is here. I think isn't he? I haven't really looked at the the, the league too much. I haven't looked at the riders and the names. I was uh, sort of just worried about myself and my family in the winter. So um, yeah. I didn't or our summer. So I didn't. I don't really know who's in what team, and I haven't studied it much this time around. Uh, Sam, as we, as we, me and Graham had mentioned in the build-up to speaking to you there, although maybe Wolverhampton will maybe look at some of the, the, the bigger heats, like Heat 13 and 15, but see, looking through the rest of the kind of meeting, the way where Wolverhampton will have the advantage, I suppose, is your kind of heat twos, heat fifteens, heat fourteens, because you've got that solid unit. You've got no weak rider in your team. You've got strength in there, haven't you? Well, that's right. We've got. Um, I think the heat thirteen and fifteen is not really a big drama at home. We're all pretty yeah. good there, and last year showed that. Myself and Rory and Jacob all had to go at number one, and we all done pretty really good at home, really. So, um, especially in the heat thirteen and fifteen, so. Home is fine. I think. Yeah, I feel like I could beat anyone around Wolf Track, and uh, I feel like I can beat anyone anywhere. But um, obviously, being away is a little bit harder. So the pressure won't be on us as much away. I think because we do have that uh, strength and depth in the team. So um, we're good reserves as well, which you always need, and uh, they're good mates as well. The two reserves, Becker, Luke Becker, and, and Brock. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think obviously team. If the team can gel good, then um, as as from experience, a team that gets on and, and we all get on like mates, and you get results because you're happy for each other. And uh, I don't know, it's just a different feeling when you win for your mates, I, I suppose, than just turn up and win at races. Yeah, and looking at for, for from your point of view as well, it must be good to have that challenge ahead for the season when you look around at the other number ones for yourself personally. I mean, it's it's a big challenge for you, and it must be something that you thrive off of. Yeah, it's uh, I've had uh, obviously look around and and see all the other number ones, like I just said, Doily, Doily, and uh, Nikki. So. Um, yeah, it's time for me to step up, really. I think it's my year to take a next step. It's uh, been a couple of years now. I've sort of played it out for the last couple, and um, injuries haven't helped that. But, um, yeah, I've went home, and I didn't go very good in the Australian Championship, but it was a bit of a rough job with flying uh, back late and, and everything. So um, I'm not going to sit here and make any excuses, but that was a good bit. Uh, after that, I got stuck in and training pretty hard and... and Organise a lot more for the season. I've changed a few things abroad and um, different engines and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, practice tomorrow for the first time. We'll see how it all goes, see how I feel on the bike. But um, probably sitting in a magazine and uh, it's a different different uh, approach for me, really. I think with uh, I've had a baby in the, just before the winter, really. And, um, yeah, my head's in a different place. So let's hope it's all good. Dog Speedway. Dog Speedway. 
So, Graham, we spoke about the runners, the riders, the, it's time to make the predictions. You have the betting in front of you. Of course, you mentioned that Bellevue were favourites for the league. Um, we've just obviously discussed their credentials. But for me, I would have Swindon as favourites to retain the title. you agree? Yeah, I just think there's less that needs to go right for Swindon, if yeah. that makes sense. I think Absolutely. there's still a couple of question marks in the understand. Bellevue team. Swindon for me, and, and maybe it's so me and you are both championship fans, so we've seen a lot of Anders Rowe, or certainly a lot of John Stewart's and a bit of Anders Rowe, so we're maybe not as worried about them as some other predictors would be. For me, if I was putting my 20 pence on the table, it would be going towards Swindon. Yep. So, Let's go. Let's let's get your four teams locked in for the playoffs. Then, Graham, you mentioned you've got two who would yep. be absolute stick-ons. That would be Bellevue and Swindon for yourself. Who who? Which other two sides do you see joining them in the playoffs? You know what? I'm, I I just think I've got a wee outside feeling on Kings Lynn this year. Um, I think Lambert's going to have a big year. I think Eric Riss is going to have a big year. Jorgensen and Proctor. Dare I say it can't be as bad as they were at times last year. So I think Kingsland will sneak in and Sheffield. I just think they're not in that league to make up the numbers. Nicky Pedersen, I think, is going to be a revelation. They've got back up there. Your favourite, Richard Lawson, is going to put two points on his average and be... Good lad. Good lad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as I say, I wouldn't be surprised at any two out of the five. But just now, I'm going to see Kingsland and I'm going to see Sheffield joining Bellevue and Swindon in the final a Bellevue-Swindon grand final. Yeah, I I would agree. I don't know about grand finals or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going that far with the Mystic Meg predictions. <laughs> um, I definitely see Bellevue and Swindon being nailed on for the playoffs, but I'm going to go Peterborough and Sheffield, which would mean, obviously, um, Ipswich, Kingsland and Wolverhampton would miss out there. Um, I definitely, for me, Swindon... They've got the best kind of makeup of a side, I would say. There is a few question marks through a lot of the sides, but I would say Swindon's the most complete side. Uh, yeah. Bellevue, in, in terms of depth as well, I mean, you, you can't, you, we spoke about it, you can't argue there. And I think if it became, a, as the teams stand just now before team changes, injuries, etc., etc., um, if the teams had to be racing tomorrow for the championship, I would love to see Swindon race against Bellevue for it. There's riders yep. in there that go, that you've, you're thinking of Doyle around, around the National Speedway Stadium, you're thinking Kilderman around Swindon. It, yep. it's, it would have the makings of a fantastic, fantastic couple of meetings. There's obviously a lot of racing to do in between then, and there's always a few surprises that get thrown in there. But I would, I would hope, well, not hoping, I've got no hope whatsoever. I just hope for a good season. But I think the, um, the, the two sides would be, they'll, they'll take a bit of stopping this year. Um, but as Bellevue have proven over the last few years, they do their, <laughs> they do their best to throw it away <laughs> at times, don't they? Um, yeah. And I would say that any Bellevue fan listening to this would think that this is this is the year. Can we can we stop that rot and eventually get that that championship at the National Speedway Stadium? I mean, we talk about Bellevue as being one of the most famous names in British Speedway, and it's quite unbelievable to think that the the length of time it's been since they last won a championship. And really, if I was a Bellevue fan, I would I would be desperate for it this season, Graham. Yeah, I think this is it. And you know, on paper they've had the teams. 
you know, there's there's been misfortune, there's been grand finals um, went against them, there's been shock results, you know, when you thought they had it in the palm of their hand. Um, but hey, that's what makes Speedway. One thing mm-hmm. I would say though, and we've not touched on it here, that could be very interesting, we've not mentioned it at all, the transfer window, Scott. Yep. Gone are the days it changes willy-nilly and, you know, you've had five bad meetings so you're out. So, obviously, two changes allowed, but only after you've ridden 25% of your matches and not after you've ridden 75% of your matches. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to make a big difference. And that's where, actually, team building will come to the fore and maybe, you know, there'll be some teams that might look at the longer term and think, right, we, we've built a team that can improve as the season goes on and we'll hit our peak at the end when it matters. Um, so that's going to make a big difference. It'll be very interesting to see what difference that has. Will riders that, that are struggling need to be stuck with? Um, will riders that are struggling all of a sudden develop some kind of doctor's line or mysterious injury that still <laughs> allows for replacement? Um, I'm sure there'll be a few accusations at that on the various yeah. forums and social media during the season. I, th- I think that's only, that's only nature in Speedway, isn't it? We love to be, <laughs> we love to be kind of cynical. Um, can I throw a different angle on that? I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to this transfer window thing kicking in and seeing how how it all pans out. I think it's a, a different dimension to the to the sport at the, the kind of premiership level and hopefully it goes well when it gets introduced to other levels of the sport. But just to throw a different kind of slant on it, Graham, there are, we, ha- we have seen riders thrown in too early to certain levels and it's actually to, for their own benefit that they, that they get taken out the team. Yeah. Do you see my point here? Like in terms of maybe Anders Rowe, Drew Kemp, some of the younger guys who maybe it's 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 going to be detrimental with their career to, be, to keep going and keep getting demoralised. Really, is that a negative side to this transfer window? It could be, but for me, I think I don't think it will stop riders like that not being replaced, what it might stop is that kind of Medical carnival end. wheel. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, was carnival wheel. I was making them up as I went along. Where, you know, Where's a rider came stri- from? Ah, no idea. <laughs> I, I got it right. I knew I knew you'd seen them at the shows and I knew it went round and round. So I went with carnival wheel. Um, that, that's what they call it in Tenerife, Scott. I've been spending uh. a bit of time over there recently. You know? <laughs> um, but what it might stop is that constant churning. So, you know, and I'm not saying he will. I'm just picking a name out the hat here just to make my example, we'll say Anders Rowe, because between him and Drew Kemp, he's probably the least experienced rider in the in the league. He struggles. He's a three-point rider or a two-point rider. I don't know what the minimum average is this year um, in the in the Premiership. So another one comes in. He gets four meetings and struggles. Another one comes in. Yeah, it will certainly yeah. stop that. And while from a rider's point of view, yes, it could have a negative effect, I actually like anything that puts a bit more onus back on skill and ability to pick a team, have an eye for a rider. The same with some of the tactical changes that have been made. It's, you know, there's an actual team manager's job when it comes to filling in the programme on a, on a race day gets easier almost by the year as they take less and less tactical decisions away from them and protected heats and, and things, you know, one tactical ride per match and only after this heat, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, sometimes actually there's Gone are the days where a good team manager was worth a couple of points on the track as well as off it for Gene up the lads. And I think there should be a reward for the team that set out and under the rules at the start of the season built their team the best. And I actually think that's why I like the transfer window is that should reward that. 
Yeah, I completely agree. As I say, that's that was my only kind of slant on the transfer window. But in in the main, I, I love the idea of it. Um, it's uh, again, it's a word we speak about all the time: continuity. I think when if if there's one thing when when we look at the sides throughout the Premiership, um, when you look at uh, the majority of the teams have got. Obviously Sheffield can't because they're new to the league, but the majority of sides around about that, if not all, have got continuity in terms of what the fans, people who have been at the club previously, uh, that the fans have already got a relationship with. There's very few newcomers in terms of foreigners to the to the to the league. It's mostly riders that have either already ridden there or were here last season. I mean, off the top of my head, only really brought Knuckle and. Uh, Hartel at Kings Lynn are the, the only real kind of form, new foreigners into the league so there, there is a lot of continuity for fans there um, which makes it exciting and when you add in the element of the transfer window um, I th- it's got all the ingredients here but it's been a, a great great season uh, at the top level of our sport and I just hope the guys like I mean we've put question marks in this podcast over Jason Crump Nicky Pedersen can they live up to the billing I mean we, we are pumping them up we're pumping up this the Premiership, saying it's the best it's been in a, a good few years, Graham. It's the it's the most excited we've been for this this league, in, in a in a good number of years. But can the big boys live up to this expectation? I mean, it's not as though they they're kind of they've never had pressure in their career before. I'm sure they won't feel any pressure whatsoever. But they need to live up to the the superstar billing that they're getting, don't they? You know what they do, and I I think. On the whole, they will. But also, for me, the intrigue comes in seeing the younger guys try and knock these boys off as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yet the box office will be that first heat one when it's Crump against Pedersen. That's magic. Yeah, brilliant. That's what you want to see. But in the same way, uh, as you hear talking to Eric Riss like we did earlier on, he's buzzing. He can't wait to go out there Aye. and line up at number three. And the first time he's against the away team's number one and it's Nicky Pedersen and he out-traps him, walks him down into the first bend and romps uh-huh. away. You know, and for me, that's what it's all going to be about. Yeah, the top guys, I can't wait to see them. But it's also the intrigue. You know, will Brady Kurtz kick on and become one of the top guys? Will Jack Holder do, you know, will Jack Holder finish the season as Sheffield's number one? Or will it be Nicky Pedersen? We spoke at Ipswich, you know. That, for me, is part of it. And just these guys coming back brings that. I mean, I'm checking Eurosport social media and, and Speedway GB social media almost on a daily basis to try and see if we're, when we're going to find out the TV fixtures yeah. um, so we can start seeing these guys and, and I for one I'm, I'm buzzing for it I think a good subplot with the with the return of the, the, the derby between Bellevue and Sheffield is that you've got guys who in there who know one another inside out you're thinking obviously the Kurtz brothers know one another inside out yeah. you've got Holder who's rode with Kurtz all through his his, his life basically you've got Grizonic who they were teammates at pool with Kurtz you've got yeah. all that kind of in the mix there uh, in, in that derby and it's it's exciting it's exciting and we, and we can't wait for it and uh, hopefully we've done the Premiership some sort of justice uh, as we try to build it up yep. for the 2020 season in this preview podcast. Um, as we said at the top of the podcast, uh, we will be previewing the Championship uh, in next week's show and uh, we'll also be having a look at the National League over the next couple of weeks. We're very excited for the National League season this year as well uh, and of course before the Grand Prix series kicks off we will be doing a big preview for that as well hopefully getting some guys involved uh, for you in that one and hopefully 
hopefully over the next few weeks we'll be good to have some big news on the horizon um, in terms of what where we're taking the podcast and what we're doing and plans we've got for it. So hopefully we can announce some more details in the next couple of weeks. Graham, where can you listen to us? As always, um, you can listen to us on Spotify, on iTunes. Please do leave a review and, and subscribe on those. Um, through Acast, Overcast, Google Play, um, any good podcast provider, some bad ones. And <laughs> hey, if you if you found us somewhere and we're not on the podcast provider you use, get in touch and, and we'll see what we can do about Absolutely. getting on there. Absolutely. Scott, you know what? Next week, not only will we be previewing the championship, we'll have results to talk about. Phenomenal. We'll Speedway to talk about. The Ben Fund Correct. is on... Uh, Saturday the 14th obviously depending on when you're listening that might have passed that might be before uh-huh. always are genuine that can get to these meetings to get them it's great to blow the cobwebs off there'll be some cracking racing all for a good cause and uh, you know what Scott I, I think this is the podcast I think we might get some uh, social media interaction on the minute you make a prediction the minute you put yourself <laughs> out there you're there to be shot down so yeah. you know what listeners hey I'm, you've listened to I'm, us I'm happy Give for us. that Graham I'm happy what are your for predictions? that Yep. You come and give us your predictions. We'll tally them up and come the end of the season, we'll see who was right. Absolutely. Do you know what, Graham? I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> we, as you say, we'll have results to talk about in the coming weeks and I, I am very excited to hear. I can't wait for that first... I normally try and get a practice session in somewhere where you can hear the bite, smell the smell. I, I am buzzing for this season to start. Buzzing. And I think it's made all the better by a very strong Premiership as well. Um, Graham. Until next week, good night. Talk Speedway. Talk Speedway.